Derek. Hey, Jason. Good to see you, man. You too, brother. Yeah, we got another good one today. Uh, Brittany Serple. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, really uh, amazing conversation. She's. Uh, we talked about parenting, and uh, she's amazing. Just a deep well. She's, I think, twenty years in in, her, in their marriage, and and uh, three kids. I thought she said three, but then I thought at the end she might have said there was a fourth. I can't remember now. I think it was just three, but uh, yeah. That's what I thought uh, too. Quite possibly one of the most outrageous taco stories we've ever heard. <laughs> so you yeah. got to stick around to the very end to hear. It's insane, literally insane, yeah. the taco story that she relayed <laughs> to us. So um, hang yeah. around for that. But uh, Brittany is Danny Silk's daughter. Yeah. And she serves in that ministry. Uh, Danny Silk, obviously, we're a big fan of with Keep Your Love On. and Yeah. His, uh, his role in helping us become better parents. And Brittany's really taking the reins and bringing it into the next generation. And so a fascinating talk about staying connected yeah. and not having yeah. to be perfect, um, not having to be right. Uh, really, really the heart of God in loving your kids well and staying connected in a friendship relationship with them. A heart to heart connection. That was it, mm-hmm. and how to maintain it? How to how to maintain a heart to heart connection with our heavenly Father, and how important that is in heart to heart connection with our kids. She's written the book Imperfect Parenting. I got the first couple chapters in before we met with her, and it's an, it's a it's an incredible read. Danny's Danny's parenting books really impacted uh, Karen and I. Uh, yeah, and in, in, in when we were raising the, our kids in their formative years, and brought language to it, and you can you can feel she's taken what Danny has been teaching, and she's gone deeper with it, and of course it's more fresh because she uh, she's been in the midst of it herself. So, really well, fun she's, conversation. She's dealing with issues in our current culture right now, right here, yeah. that I think are going to be really relevant to anyone that's that's raising children, including adult children. We actually talked a little bit about that because that's our experience. Right. Right, Jason. Yeah, right. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I really like Brittany a lot, and I think our our audience is going to really love this conversation. Hey, but first, we also have to mention we want to do a Zoom call with you guys. So yeah. our listeners uh, have been letting us know already on the YouTube page in the comments uh, that they would like to sign up for a Zoom call and letting us know where they live. I'm saying the best way to get the information would be go to go to Family Story, familystory.org, yep. org, and sign up for the email subscription because yep. that's where yep. we're going to send out the link to uh, the Zoom call when we when we host a Zoom call. So yeah, a familystory.org. Sign up for our mailing list, and in the coming weeks, we'll get something figured out. We'll put something down, and we're looking forward to connecting with everyone. Well, and if you're if you're out there and you're feeling like you're isolated and alone in some of these things where we're rethinking God and and this podcast has been a resource for you, uh, we want to become a greater re- resource to let you know you're That's not right. alone. There's a lot of people out there that are having the thoughts that we're having that God is better than we could have possibly imagined. And our next thought about him will be better than we could have possibly <laughs> imagined. So um, we want you to know you're, you're seen, you're heard, and we want to gather together uh, online. And I think we're going to call it Taco Munities. Uh, there looks like... Uh, <laughs> Looks like that's it's the good, consensus. Derek. People like the Taco Immunities name. I thought it was just a dad joke, but hey, here we go. I like that. It's going to be hey, Wednesday Night both, Church, Taco Immunities. Yeah, yeah, we're both dads, though, so it works. It's okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. So go sign up on a familystory.org uh, for the email and uh, let us know where you live and that you want to be engaged with us. Uh, you can do that on the comments on any of our YouTube um, videos yep. that we're putting out that's now. That's right. So. Yeah, thanks, guys. guys. Yeah, thanks. And uh, we've, we're excited about this conversation we have with Brittany. Bless you guys. Well, well, hey, nice to meet you, Brittany. Thank you. It's nice to meet you guys, too. Yeah, Brittany, thanks really, for coming on. Yeah. We're, we're really excited to have you. We were catching up a little bit beforehand, finding some of the connections, the Paloon connection, who we've had on the podcast. 
absolutely cool people, amazing folks. And they're the ones that kind of introduced us. But we were talking about how your dad has had a huge impact uh, on, on our lives. I kind of was sharing with you a little bit about how early on, you know, in our, in our, when we had the littles, uh, they're, they're all grown now. Most of we got a 16 year old daughter, but okay. otherwise, uh, uh, Danny's book came along at the right time for us to, to, to put language around how we were connecting with our kids and heart to heart connection. And, and so it's been so fun diving into, uh, getting to know you a little bit. And I know you've been, uh, you, you've been following in your dad's footsteps and, uh, you've got a book. So we're excited to have you here. And for those listeners who don't know, uh, Brittany's dad, her dad is Danny Silk. Oh, thank you. And, there you uh, go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, he wrote a few books and he's got a really cool beard and style. We all love him, but we're wanting, it we're wanting to get to know Brittany. <laughs> we really want to get to know Brittany today. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, keep your love on was a game changer for our church. And, uh, so we, we really do appreciate your father. I may even have a few uh, pastor's kid, ministry kid questions for you because uh, we've all got that background. That's right. We do. Bring it on. I love it. I had a fun testimony that came from a pastor's kid just last Sunday. She came up to me and said, reading your book and I'm getting rocked just from her experience as a pastor's kid and kind of what I shared in my own story. So I just, it is, it's, it's a real thing, but I love it. I, I really love my dad too, guys. I, I'm He's really impacted my life, so I'm thankful for all that he's done. <laughs> yeah. Well, share a little bit uh, about yourself. Share a little bit about what you're doing, and uh, we'll do some rethinking together here. Great. Well, I have uh, three wonderful kids. Uh, our oldest just graduated high school. She's about to turn 18. So I'm going to enter in that wow. adult child phase here any minute. Um, I'm excited <laughs> about it. I think it is a new thing. You know, we've had, we're having different conversations, which I love. Uh, and then we've got a 14 year old daughter and then our 11 year old son. And Ben and I have been married almost 20 years. Uh, wow. We met for 14 and 15, have a really fun love story, which is in my book a bit. Um, but I, I love helping parents. I love helping people just feel successful when it comes to relationships. So my emphasis right now is in parenting because I mean, I'm in that season. And um, I, I actually worked in a children's department at Bethel Church for about eight years as the development director. So I right. helped everybody with children's ministry. So I didn't have to do the children as much as I had to help the workers, which is kind of like the parents. So right. I love helping people feel successful, especially in that um, area. And, and I think right now my newest thing is helping parents rediscover the joy of parenting. Cause in the sea of all the things that happen between the toddlers to the teenagers, it, you can lose your joy in it. And, um, but I, I love doing that. So I've been working with my dad for over 10 years now. I, the joke is I'm the longest employee that he's ever had. Um, and it's pretty good that I'm his daughter that I've actually been able to stick with him. Um, yeah. There is some, there's quite a few. Uh, my Ben and, and I both work for Loving on Purpose. So uh, there's, we've got some nepotism going on, but it's great. We love it. Um, and, That's awesome. but it's, you know, it's really fun to work with somebody that you admire and work with someone that, you know, knows you so well. So my dad has learned to pull the best out of me and also frustrate me like crazy because he knows that I'm capable of more. Uh, uh -huh. So writing the, the book, Imperfect Parenting Connection Over Perfection was probably one of the scariest things I've ever said yes to doing. Um, because I don't know if you know all the different personality tests. I, I'm a one on the Enneagram. I'm a high D C I, you know, I'm a relator on right. finders. I mean, all the different things I, I am super critical of myself. Okay. And which means that to put a book out there for the world to see and then criticize is like, I might as well be standing naked on stage. Like that's <laughs> right. Right. But um, it's been a really wonderful ride. And I'm just, you know, God 
asked me to write this book in a season that I don't understand. My mom just went through breast cancer. We've been walking yeah. through that. So <laughs> I think he knew I needed a, a stripping of vulnerability. Um, you know, you talk about rethinking. Yeah. That was definitely a process within that. And um, even being a parent I've, I've and being a pastor's kid, there's so much in my book that has been um, a really fun journey, uh, painful at times, but yeah. I'm, I'm excited for what's going to happen. And I'm, I just feel, I feel really honored to be given the opportunity to speak into families' lives. Yeah. Brittany, um, first of all, how's your mom? She's doing really good. She's, you know, she's been going down and getting treatments. She's still in the process of, you know, uh, finding that healing, but, uh, she's, she's stronger than she's been in the last 15 months. So that's fun. Good. To see. Yeah, I have a similar situation with my mom. So we'll we'll get all our uh, our taco family praying in the in your mom's direction and believing for, you know, cancer free. Um, but back to the connection over perfection. I love that. I think your dad said it like it's better to stay connected than to be right, and that was that was a game changer for me, um, for our marriage. Uh, and in all relationships, you know, Hey, let's, let's stay connected. And that's something Jason and I really try to do in this podcast. It's not about having the best doctrine or belief system. It's about being connected and coming to a place where there's mutual understanding and love. Um, so in that aspect, we're, we're human affirming, we affirm all humans and, uh, and then we go from there. But can you speak into that a little bit about maybe how that comes across maybe a little differently with your book than it did from, you know, your dad's original statement? Sure. I mean, I've struggled with perfectionism, I think probably my whole life it, and it, it showed up in different ways. And for me, it was um, always trying to do the right thing. You know, it's, it's like, I, it's not that I have to get A's. I don't know that I was ever a star student, so I wasn't looking for that, but I, I needed to do the right thing. Right. I needed to say the right thing. I needed to be the right thing for this person. And so my, but I have a bit of a spicy personality. So that gets a little confusing when my justice meter, the joke is that I follow the rules that I think are stupid. Um, sure. And so I deem those rules, but, <laughs> again, that's just but you know, this search for um, letting go of perfectionism, I think I got a, a front row seat to it when um, my, my kind of first walking away from the Lord moment when I was 16, um, you know, that was probably the first time that I saw God as not this big, scary control freak that was thought I was a failure. That was probably the first time that right. I encountered this. Um, yeah. And it showed up again, of course, when I got married and it wasn't working. And then my husband was struggling with porn and I was struggling with my body image and then it showed up when I had a two-year-old who told me what was up. And I thought I should be able to control this kid. It's not working. So right. I, I mean, it's been a theme that's been loud in my life. And then, you you know, we had some crazy trauma from just my mom and some other um, people that died last year. Like, like I said, last year was a crazy year. So right. the constant war of I'm trying to perfect something that I can't control and I have to yeah. lay it down and seek out connection with the father. Cause that's the only place I'll find security, yeah. stability or truth to this swirl that's been unlocked inside of me. So I think that it's shown up in different ways. And, um, I think my discovery of that and talking about it in my book and, and even just trying to give it away to parents is, is connection is really the only thing that matters. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I, I, um, it's interesting how regardless of what it is that you navigate for me, insecurity and desperation has been the thing that I can point back over my life and say, it's haunted me. Oh, oh it haunted me there. It found me here. It found me there. And, and yet what you just said is the same discovery I've been making over the course of my life is that it's all settled. Um, all of those things are settled in the security of knowing my heavenly father of heart to heart connection with him, of actually seeing him through the, through the lens of, of Christ, uh, as, uh, as, as a loving and kind and reconciling God and, and how everything in my life is settled basically, uh, through, through what I believe about him and, and how I'm connected to him. And, 
and yet uh, you use the phrase in this uh, in this book, the battle for connection. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and I think that's pretty profound. And, and I'm, I'll just tell you, um, I was watching Indiana Jones with my 16 year old daughter. So we have three. I just, my oldest just got married. We absolutely love the, the young fella, the doormen about a month in. I, they practically live at our house. So we're in a season, a shifting season ourselves. But, but, uh, so I have a, a two girls and a boy in the middle and they're, they're a little closer. And then my daughter came along. So it's 24, 21 and 16. And, uh, I'm watching Indiana Jones, the first one with my 16 year old. Cause I realize I've watched all these with, with my older two, but somehow she, you know, she's the youngest. She, she all these movies we've missed. <laughs> and as I'm watching it, I'm remembering these moments uh, where I, I would share, I would tell my kids, I'm remembering the first time I watched it with my older two. And, and, and it was pretty significant because I'm a storyteller. Bedtime was always stories and I would run out of stories. So I would make up stories. And and one time I made up, I, I would take movies and make up stories. And so one of the nights I, I went to bed with them, I said, Hey, I don't know if you guys knew this, but me and your, your uncle used to find artifacts, historical artifacts. And one time we went into a cave and we found this, and I told them the whole p- plot of, of uh, Indiana Jones as though it had happened to me and, and, and their uncle and never fixed it. And so then we're watching the movie together and they start looking at me going, hey, this movie's about you. <laughs> and so that, that's always one of my favorite memories because they actually thought that me and their uncle were Indiana Jones. Now I'm watching it with my 16-year-old. And I realize, oh my goodness, I didn't even do that with her. And and I start to start to think, oh, what are we missing? And then that night we're all in bed and I realized, oh, thank you. Thank you, Danny. Thank you to my wife uh, who elevated heart-to-heart connection above all things. I'm getting to my point. We, we, we have a pretty much adulting kids now who literally won't necessarily interact with us throughout the day, but at midnight they end up in our bed. Always. <laughs> and, and they're there until we kick them out. Yeah. I got a, I got a six foot three son who lays his head on mom's lap and gets his head scratched every night in bed. And that all came from this thing right here, heart to heart connection. And we battled for it. And I can point back to years where there were things happening in my son's life that he didn't let us in on that deeply wounded him and that we didn't know what was going on. But we, because we had been trained in this heart to heart connection, we made a, we made a point of connecting heart to heart every day. And Karen, my wife made it, made it the, the, the high watermark of, of success for parenting. And I can look now at things we've navigated, dark places that we had to navigate, uh, uh, where we were in the dark, we didn't know what was going on. Uh, but we continued the heart to heart connection and it brought us through the other side. I'd love, it, it is a battle and I would love for you to maybe break down, um, you know, what we're facing. Cause I think you wrote this book out of the pandemic, okay. uh, where we suddenly were awakened. Like we realized some of the things that, uh, the pressures that we didn't even know were there. So could you speak to the battle and how important this heart to heart connection is? Yeah. I, I mean, I think the pandemic in that all of a sudden we were all forced to be at home with our kids and our spouse. And so yeah. If connection wasn't the priority in our relationship, it quickly was revealed that we don't actually enjoy each other. We can't handle being around each other and we don't have another option. So there was a lot of, uh, I mean, we were flooded with parents calling us for family coaching and marriages in crisis. So we were trying to supply resources online, which was wonderful. Kind of gave a whole new world to everybody I love now. Right. But- what I began to discover is, you know, a lot of times, especially in, I would say, junior high to high school, we start really encountering more attitude from kids than you've ever seen before, more pushback. And they have a louder opinion and it happens younger uh, age as well. But all of a sudden that when that pushback happens and the disrespect gets really loud, this is where parents disengage. They almost give up because I don't want to deal with this disrespectful kid. They don't want to fight every night. And so what I was discovering is that parents were almost quitting the role of being a parent. And so all of a sudden I had these parents that felt 
hopeless. And the result to solving the fighting every night was to just kind of quit and just endure whatever their kid was doing, which was internet stuff, phone stuff, friends stuff. All of a sudden, whatever they wanted became more important. So we forgot our role as a parent, which is to lead. Yeah. that's our role is we are leading them in culture. We're leading them and modeling it. So if we quit fighting for connection, how yeah. are they going to know this in such a stage where they're, especially junior high and high school, that's really where they're practicing covenant relationships. That's sure. where they're practicing. How does this actually work when I have a different opinion than you? I don't <laughs> like you know who you voted for politically. I don't sure. like that person. Well, now they're discovering it and they're having conversations. So I, I, I just have discovered in, in the pandemic kind of just lit it up. It was always there. It just became, you know, we, we lit the fire right. and it went off. So I, the, the war of connection is that it, there's a battle that culture, the outside culture is chasing down our kids trying to define who they are, what they should be, what they should value. And parents are taking a back seat to that reality, which means we're not enjoying the culture in our home because we've taken the back seat instead of being in the front seat, leaving in this. Wow. And, and so really trying to give parents this perspective. And, and we walk through this, like you said, hard stuff, right? Hard, painful stuff. Our kids yep. make huge messes yep. and we can control them. Yep. And the imperfect, you know, I should be perfect. I am Danny Silk's daughter. Shouldn't I have the perfect kids? I mean, shouldn't you have figured this out? One should be making messes that are scary or getting you kicked out of school. Oh, good. Detention for making out. Love this. You know, all the things, all the things. I should not be this person. Well, That's I was awesome. that person. And it's, it's hard, especially if you have any form of a platform or actually, honestly, you can have eyeballs on you at Target or Walmart or the grocery store of right. judging your parenting. But as soon as you let someone else determine how you parent, you've, you've lost the fight for, for, for connection. Because all of a sudden, I've defaulted to whatever I think someone else wants me to do. Right, right. And I should be leading this. So when our kid, she made a huge mess, she made a gigantic mess, and we were faced with how do we fight for her? How do we fight for this thing that we say we value without, you know, feeling like a failure, without just feeling overwhelmed in the pain? I mean, our kids, they just have this attachment to our heart like nobody does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when they do something that is heartbreaking, it's hard to function in this. So I, I think so much of the war of connection is I have to be mature enough in my identity of who God's called me to be, my ability to love past the capacity I think I have because I am filled up with him yes. and then I direct it at you and yeah. then I need. Yeah. So I, that's all what I've been learning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and Brittany, isn't, I mean, isn't that just, in a way, a beautiful picture of God and how he continues to stay connected with us in moments of huge mess and throughout our entire lives. I think that was the greatest wake up for me was that, yeah, God never left. He was there all the time and he stayed connected with me, even though I was blind to it in my my prodigal ways. Um, and I think that that alone begins to give you a little more strength and confidence to say, okay, if God was that way for me, I can be that way for my kids. And um, even though they're not doing everything right, I want to stay connected and I want to make sure that they know they're unconditionally loved. And uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think that a lot of times uh, if, if you have, have different convictions even, and we, we can do this not just with our kids, but with neighbors and friends and people, uh, you can still stay connected if you have different convictions, but the culture in our world basically is saying, no, you cannot. If you have a different conviction than me, then we can't right. even communicate. Well, it's a lie. It's an absolute lie. Um, yeah. So maybe speak to that a little bit about when there's different convictions, even maybe within your own household, how to stay connected. Because I think it translates to the broader culture of I, I can connect with anybody no matter what and love everyone the most, even though we hold 
radically different convictions. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, Delaney had her own uh, agenda when she w- kind of walked away from the Lord uh, when she was about a freshman in high school. And, you know, all she wanted was this boy that was m- terrifying for Ben and I, you know, it was terrifying. Uh, and I, yeah. I, it wasn't so much the messes that she made that I was angry at. It was, it was just more the pain, which I think that's, we don't want to, we don't want to live through this pain. We want to just yeah. forget like it's not there. So we just push it aside. Yeah. And and I think that was, that's the part where a lot of parents create distance in their parenting is, is I don't, uh, I don't want to feel this pain. I don't want to fight. So I'll just distance my heart from you, which is that whole war again. And, you know, we can't agree. And so I'll just, I'll almost, I cut off my heart access to you. You know, I just, I just remove it. So you can't hurt me anymore. Right. And I think that's part of it is that we get so offended. And, and when a lot of times parents take it personal, their child's stupidity is somehow reflective <laughs> into my identity. Well, right. it's not, <laughs> but it is easy to do. So I, I think having to um, look at this going, okay, this is your junk. This is your belief system that you're walking through. And it's not that I'm against you ever having a boyfriend or ever liking somebody. It is I'm against you making really horrible decisions because I don't think that you're thinking straight. So what do I control as a parent? Permission, opportunity, resources. That's it. That's all that I really got. I can't control your thinking. I can't control your heart. Can't right. control your mouth, but if I live in that space, I'm going to do a horrible job, and we're going to live offended and distance each other. And and so, I had to do a really good job of what does my daughter need? What is she searching for? And so, having to ask different questions, and I think you know whether you agree on political things or just pick a topic, honestly, you, you, you just scroll Instagram for a hot second and we could find something that nobody agrees on or everyone agrees sure. on. It's just funny. Yeah. If I can search, what is it that they're needing? And, and what does God want me to do with that? How does he want to see me for that moment? And so I discovered that Delaney had experienced what it felt to be desired and to be pursued. And I'm like, okay, that's not a bad thing. No. And, and, you know, actually, I want her to keep this alive. I want her to realize how beautiful this is in marriage, in covenant. Yeah. Okay, yeah. how can I nurture that with truth and agree, yes, that is good. And, right. and we can find a space where I understand you. I yeah. see value for you. Yeah. I yeah. want to hear you. I don't yeah. want to dismiss and minimize what it is that you need though I'm adult and I'm not in the hormones, so I can see all the problems around this. But if I focus on the problems, I can't actually see your heart. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's where a lot of people get locked up in this place of we disagree. Well, I'm only seeing the problem. I'm not looking for your heart. So that's probably for parenting is we need to search for their heart in what's going on. I like that. That's, that's a, um, empathy. It's an empathetic approach. It's how do I put myself there? Uh, it's it's Jesus incarnated. It's practical theology, <laughs> if you will. Uh-huh. Uh, I have this. We 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 talk about here often uh, that we're relational theologians, which uh-huh. means we're we're practical theologians. And there's nothing more practical to me when we're practicing theology than uh, than our marriages and our parenting, and um, I I think there's something so profound in, in in that ability to to see through their eyes and to be able to see, you know, I, I'm thinking of my own experiences with my kids and and when you could finally, you know, we have we've had a couple of things where I don't I won't get into the details, but where you can finally discover what it is. Uh, first of all, you're not afraid of the mess. You know, uh, I think it's your your dad's phrase that kids are professional mess makers. I think I think that's one of his his phrases that I thought, oh yeah, that's that that's helpful. Just to remember, I mean, that's what that's that's if they're not doing that, they're not probably doing the full thing. <laughs> like that's part of the journey. But then to be able to get in and uh, to be able to participate with them without fear, because you can't do that in fear. Right. And and I I think for me, um, boy, the more I'm the more 
confident I am in, in who my heavenly father is, the more likely I am to be able to get into that place with them empathetically, to be able to see from their perspective without fear, because fear is going to cause me to control. You know, I heard somebody say once the opposite of love uh, isn't fear, it's control. And I think that's true. I think, I think when you're afraid, you, you try to control. And then of course, you're not, you're not real helpful in that moment. But I'm, I'm thinking of my own times where the moment I could, I, I could get in to where they were coming from and be able to see the way my father sees that what they're, what they're trying to fulfill, what they're looking for is actually natural and healthy and whole. And then to be able to help them navigate that. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a profound, uh, that's a, that's a good tool. I guess you, you should say in your, if, if you're a parent, but can you speak to that? How do you navigate, uh, fear when, cause it's your kids, it's this heart. To, it's, I mean, it's hard when they're going through something. That's the first thing that jumps up is fear. You're thinking about all of the bad decisions and all of the fruit of those bad decisions. And how do you navigate that? Well, I, if- Fear definitely, and that's like going back to my perfectionism and um, fear and control. Uh, hi, I'm a fear and control, uh, and I am walking through that still. My name's it, Jason. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it, it comes first. It's usually the first response. It is always right. the first response. And, um, you know, we... <laughs> I'll tell on myself because I feel like it gives people uh, courage that you can do it too. Is we had a parenting challenge just before my book came out, and you know, I'm meeting with 400 parents. We're talking about all this stuff, and I'm telling them how to not let fear win and own your stuff and know what's yours and know what's the kids and all that. And technology had its, you know, whatever, and a bunch of things messed up. And so the end of the call got really stressful. And I was felt just irritated that we didn't perform well. And I was like, Oh, so I, I called our, my son goes to Taekwondo and I called our middle daughter and said, Hey, can you help get dinner ready? Um, don't cook it though. Cause I got to take your brother and we're going to come back and eat. And blah, blah, blah. so I walk in the door and she has cooked dinner already, but we don't have time to eat it. And I because of my own anxiety and my own stuff from somewhere else, I lash out her and I punish her for being wrong. Right. And then I realized, oh my gosh, I just did that thing. I brought fear into our house because I had fear over here. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes the fear isn't even related to the kid. It just, they do a small thing and we unleash on them. And sometimes it is their stuff. Like Delaney is terrifying us. And with Adeline in that moment where she made dinner and was really kind and thoughtful, I, I immediately saw her. It's, it's learning how to recognize, Oh, I've, I caused disconnect in our relationship because I introduced fear. Yep. So as soon as I saw that, I've gotten really good at going, I'm so sorry. I immediately hold her. I bring her into me <laughs> and I repent and I, yeah. and I own my stuff. Yeah. Because I want to chase away the fear that was implanted in her, which is that I'm a scary person. Right. Yeah. And so that's my job is yeah. to own my stuff. Yeah. In that moment. Man, now that cool. was when I brought fear. When when my child's brought fear into my life, I honestly it's it's a lot of time with the father because for me to love my daughter well when I'm really afraid of the mistakes that she's ma- making. I have to be really full of his love and compassion and remember my assignment is that this is his child that he's given me on loan. I am simply an ambassador of heaven and I get to represent his heart to them. So does God distance himself from me when I make a mistake? Does God withhold from me when I scare him? No, he doesn't. So I am, I am supposed to be like Christ, but I am not him. So I am going to go to him so that I am full of him. And then I go back to my child and show him to her. That's That's the best place I can be to chase away fear. Yeah. And I remember being in the room when, when Delaney was going through her season and I would just hold her. And I, the Lord gave me this picture of, it was like she was inserting a grenade in between her and I, every time I would hold her. And I would just absorb these blows of, I hate you. You're the worst mom. You don't understand me. You want to control my life. But I would just hold her because my job was to show her the father, which is I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. 
So I think it's, it is, it's, you've got to do some, a spiritual workout. You've got to make sure that, you know, every morning in that season, I woke up and I would cry out to the Lord because I was overwhelmed with pain and fear. But the best thing that I could do other than a cup of coffee was God, where are you? And how do I get through this day? That's good. Guys, my book is out, Leaving and Finding Jesus. If you've already read it, I would be so grateful if you would go to Amazon and write a review. This actually helps the rankings. It also helps people trust the book before they buy it. Uh, Thankful for you for that. And also so thankful for all the support that's come in over the last little bit. We're We're just blown away, blessed by folks' generosity. You know, Family Story is a nonprofit. This is a listener-supported podcast, and uh, we're just so grateful to be on the journey with you. Guys, I'm so thankful for you. Praying life, joy, and wonder over today. All right, let's get back to the podcast. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's so good. I'm just thinking about... You know, the two things you mentioned, like taking it personally and feeling like, you know, where, where did we go wrong? How did we screw up? And it's not that you it's this is a unique individual that's living their own experience. And then the other thing of just the fear and um, working on being a non anxious presence, which, you know, I I can go hardcore anxious you know, as a dad. And, um, we have a daughter who's 25, another one who's 16. So nine years spread, which means a total different way of raising both of them. You know, the, the elder one, got, she got the brunt of all the hardcore legalistic stuff. And we've had to apologize. We're like, we are so sorry. You know, one of the best moments I think for me was just when she, she came around one time, she goes, dad, Jesus is still my homie, you know? And I'm like, Oh, thank God. That's all we want. That's all we care about. Uh, and yeah. Right. Um, but navigating those things, I, you know, I think, uh, perfected love casts out all fear. You have to enter into a space of love, receiving love from the father yourself. So you have the capacity to melt the fear out of your own heart, of course, but then also absorb, like you said, Hey, I can absorb the fear in your heart too. I have the capacity for that. Um, that's a great parent move. Let me ask you, Brittany, how does, how has been your husband been in this role of, cause I know you guys are probably different people, unique Very. personalities. What different Crushed. giftings do you rely on in each other? Cause you know, my wife and I have to have this conversation often, like you're so good at that. You know, you're good at that. How do you, how do you navigate that with your husband? Well, the fun part about Ben and I is every test that we could possibly take, we are the polar opposite. Um, so learning to parent with someone that is, thinks differently than you, that has a different approach, he doesn't struggle with anger at all. I don't even know what Ben angry looks like. He drives faster. That's about it. That's Ben angry. <laughs> you know, the Lord blessed me with Ben because he's like, Brittany, you're going to need someone to help you calm down. So I'm so grateful. He's my better half. And and I think in this season, uh, with, especially with Delaney, for whatever reason, I was the target of all of her rage. So he, you know, that picture I said before where I was holding Delaney and she would insert grenades. The other part of that picture is that Ben had his arms wrapped around me. And and that's yeah. where I, you know, I would come in and I would be exhausted because I would have her all day. She was out of school and and he would just be this source of I could be broken, I could be hurting, I could be unhinged and he was the safest space for me to just have that without any judgment without any correction because he's just like you need a safe space to unload what it is that you've been warring against so that was that season and in what's fun right now is that you know we have another boy and which is great and i have no idea where it's going but it's new but what i love love and makes my heart so giddy is hearing delaney talk about how there's certain things about this boy that she sees her daddy does uh-huh ben has done a fantastic job of modeling a standard whether she followed it in the beginning she walked through and she's found victory and wisdom and i and that's a whole testimony for her. And on the other side of it, she has a standard that her dad never changed, but she just all of a sudden appreciated. And Ben yeah. has done a 
fantastic job of just showing what does it look like to be pursued? What does it look like to be protected? What does it look like to be uh, respected? And he does this to me because he's amazing. Uh, And so they see this model, but, you know, Ben is more compassionate than I am. I'm sure you haven't gathered that yet at all, but you know, he (laughs) is definitely far more compassionate. So if I hit a, a wall where I'm going to go into the you know, lecture style parenting or arguer, or I'm going to try and prove you that you're wrong because I am right. Um, I know to tap out. I know that all I'm going to do is I'm going to make a mess. Then I'm going to have to clean it up, which I put a lot of messes compared to Ben. So I look at Ben and he knows the look on my face because we've been married for nearly 20 years of, did you want this child or did you want us to be down one? You know, that's the joke is this kid's going to be because I'm going to lose it. And, uh, and he swoops in and he brings compassion and understanding. I also love Ben carries the torch of the supernatural and, and the love for the Bible to our kids in a way that I'm so grateful for. I mean, him and our middle daughter, um, they just get in these deep conversations about what she's reading in the word. And he, they, she says, dad, look what I highlighted. And he goes, what, and he just has this way of asking questions. And so his way of leading and having an excitement in around the relationship with God, you know, not that it's this religious thing that we get up and this is what we do. It, It doesn't feel like that at all. It is this enjoyment of our relationship with him. And he put that on display so well for our kids. Um, All of them have it and they, they, they run to him. I mean, they they share with me, but they run to him um, when they discover or they, um, they encounter something or youth group, like they run to him and I I'm usually in the room. And so I get it, but they are giddy to share with him because of how he stewarded that in our house. And that's just a treasure for me. I love that. (laughs) <laughs> I'm curious, uh, you, you use the, uh, word repent, uh, in that one story, which I love. It's one of my favorite words, metanoia. Uh, I think it's the good news. It's, you know, um, I wasn't thinking quite in alignment with how my father thinks I get another shot at it. I can about face and come into agreement with how he's thinking either about me or about my kids or about this situation. And it's a, always a better thought than the one I was having. Yeah. Uh, but it's a big deal to me, uh, and I'm curious if it's in Ben too. Uh, you talked about modeling. I think um, I think some of some of the thoughts around repenting, especially in the charismatic church that I grew up with, had a little bit to do with wailing and beating yourself up, and and some groveling. of that. Um, groveling and but it's none of that for me i I can understand that there's sometimes remorse and an understanding you know a realization of the pain you've caused or the hurt you've caused that's that's accountability in the in the context of repenting but i think repenting is this gift that he gave us Uh, you know rethink the kingdom of god is at hand it's within you uh and and it's the invitation uh to 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 connection and I, I think it's probably the peak, or the key piece to connection, and and I think it's really important that we model it for our kids, and first and foremost uh, with them. My dad's, my dad and my mom, amazing parents, love loved us, uh, and, and modeled marriage, and and uh, I was the oldest, so they they broke a lot of paddles on me learning get, until they got more tools. Mm-hmm. But but uh, one thing that they did really well, uh, I can I can. I, I can't count how many times my dad would would apologize to me for I, you know I, I lost my temper or you know um, I wasn't I didn't quite understand what you were saying and I can now see from your perspective and 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 those things mark you they they impact you they make you trustworthy and a place where you mm-hmm. can connect uh, I, I love that and I and I maybe you can probably speak to that I'm curious. Um, in light of uh, in light of that connection, you know, you, you guys spend a good deal on healthy boundaries, and uh, I I've I, you know that language has been usurped at times uh, to to justify uh, the opposite, to justify distance, to justify um, you know, to selfishness. 
But I, I would love for you to speak to healthy boundaries in, in the context of a, a relationship that is about connection, that's always seeking for connection. Yeah. Well, I think the fun part, you know, is um, repentance and, and boundaries. Some people, when they when they don't actually set a healthy boundary, the goal is, you know, to punish, uh, to withhold love because I'm scared of the pain. I'm scared of letting you in. And so I, I keep this boundary. And even if someone does really actually repent, which uh, my dad recently taught on our online uh, university about uh, the gift of repentance, like you said, uh, and Peter, you know, who denied Christ three yeah. times. What is Jesus, you know, what gnashing and wailing and punishment did he require of Peter? He just asked him three times, do you love me? Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and so I think true boundaries, you know, it's, it should have this, this door that opens easily. It shouldn't be this, you know, moat and gate and, you know, drawbridge, and it shouldn't right. have all these requirements in which to enter back in. It, it should be like, okay, Peter, do you love me? You know? I and, and so the setting boundaries with our, our kids or our, our spouse, you know, it, a lot of times we do exactly what you said before is we, we misuse it because we're afraid of the pain because we don't yeah. know how to handle. If I forgive you and you hurt me again, what do I do with that? And, and, you know, I'm pretty sure the scriptures have something about forgiveness, <laughs> but, you know, we'll save that for another time. But that's the thing is that, you know, how many times do we have to say, I'm sorry to the Lord for our stupidity in a right. day? And there is no moat, giant castle, giant, you know, dragon waiting for us on the other end of it. It's, it's just this, this permission of repentance is okay you need something from me. And, and the difference between repentance and I'm, I'm sorry is that there is change. Yeah, that's and that's right. the other part is that a lot of times parents just think that if I say, Hey, I'm sorry for how I spoke to you earlier. I know I snapped at you. This is the kicker. If you add a, but <laughs> yeah, right. To your, I'm sorry. Your wife will be really upset at you if you add that, a, but. and then it also teaches your kids. <laughs> yeah. You're sorry, but you're not. Yeah. So, so I may have to, you know, repent and, or whatever, but I had to set a boundary with you, but, and so then we, what have we done? We've just confused yeah. them of what a boundary should be and what does access really mean and what is the priority? So, you know, boundaries is I need something. What do I need to feel safe with you here in my space? That's good. I, I need something. So if you can't figure out what you need, it's really going to be hard to set a healthy boundary. That's really good. And I, and that's a lot of times what we get lost in as parents is I don't know what I need. I just need you never to do that again. That's what I know for sure. <laughs> well, right. That's not very helpful. <laughs> I need to feel safe that, you know, our daughter, uh, our middle one, when she's first going to youth group, she, all of a sudden she's just consumed by everyone's opinion, you know, which is, I get it. Junior high, there's a yeah. lot going on and her attitude and the anxiety around an outfit just became no fun. And so the boundary was, man, if you can't handle going to youth group, cause you can't handle remembering who you are, you won't be going to youth group as much right. as I have, have high value for it. I don't like what it's producing. So I need to feel safe that you can remember who you are in That's the midst good. of all these voices. Yeah. And yeah. we even got to say, you know, all that. We just told her our experience and she said, what do you need from me? Because we've taught this. Just really cool. I love that. Yeah. I love so it. So good. I, I was, I had this epiphany a while back, like remembering what it was like to be 16. Um, <laughs> and of course I, I was a 16 year old boy. I definitely don't know what it's like to be a 16 year old girl. Um, Sarah can speak to that, my wife, but, um, you know, I think we need to kind of go back sometimes and repentance, um, empathy probably can come a little easier when we remember, remember where we came from as well. And that, okay, we haven't arrived fully yet. And I love the forgiveness aspect to me. I mean, uh, 
you know, forget the scriptures, Don Henley saying about it. It, I think it's about forgiveness. It is all about forgiveness. And I had this, had this like mystical thought about Jesus on the cross when he said, forgive them. They don't know what they do. They're doing. Um, I think that's a lot of, of our situation. If we knew what to do and what we were doing and we weren't blinded by this veil of fear and anxiety, then we would do the right thing. And, and yet Jesus still says, no, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And then into your hands, I commit my spirit. I mean, to us, for me, that's kind of, that's the solution. I've got to commit myself to the love of the father, receive it as much as I possibly can for myself. So I'm able to love neighbor, love child, and have the capacity to really love well. And I mean, that's that's my message. I think it's all about the love of God, love never fails, and it's pursuing us all the time. If we can kind of get into that mindset, a lot of times it's just a shift of a change of mind and a change of perspective. Um, but then you got the reality of, but I have this situation, I have this issue, I have, you know, uh, once again, how can how can love stay connected? Because love is not going to break connection. So. Um, man, this is really good, Brittany. I really appreciate the vulnerability of sharing the stories, you know, specific stories. I think it's going to help help a lot of people, um, probably help take a load off and realize, hey, there's other people in this too. I'm not alone, you know, and that's that's a big part of it, knowing that you're not alone in it. So good. I don't have I like a question. The, uh, I just, I want to, I want to hear more. No, <laughs> I like the, uh, the idea that, that boundaries are, are created, uh, to make safe, to make safe places. It's almost to make a safe place for connection for you to re remember who you are. Uh, that the whole point of boundaries is, is connection that, that, that when you don't lose the main thing, that heart to heart connection is, is the thing we're constantly after the idea that a father, you know, you, you said it, uh, you know, no matter what happens on my end, my heavenly father's never left me, neither death nor life angels, deep, nothing separates me from his love. And so, right. Right. And so he's constantly interacting with me, uh, from a heart to heart connection. And if he puts a boundary in my life, he's putting it in my life to, to, to develop trust, to maybe to maybe shorten my leash so that I can come into a place where I can rediscover that heart to heart connection because it's always the thing we're after. I, I, for me, that's what you were talking about is to, to remember what we're in this game for, what what we're all about as as the leaders of our of our kids and our families, especially as they get into adulthood. I mean, I'm I've got an adult child now. I've got a she's married. And uh, boy, the dynamics of our relationship keep shifting and changing. And just when you're figuring things out, you're like, okay, now, you know, the, the other day something's going on and everything in me wants to help her fix it, tell her what to do. And of course, that's not the nature of we're becoming best friends. In fact, I've always referred to her as my best friend in the sense that I knew that was the ultimate conclusion of, you know, Jesus said, I no longer call you. The Passion Version says he never called us servants, he calls us friends. Mm -hmm. And 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 I've parented in that context, knowing that uh, my dad, I remember the first time my dad introduced me to, to a fellow, I was 16, this was a tough, we were doing construction and it was a tough guy, he was tough. And I, you know, I'm trying to work and prove myself. And my dad introduces me and he says, this is my son, Jason. He's my best friend. And I can't tell you what that did in me. It was like, oh, and, and so I, I love that heart to heart connection because even now in this season with an adult, adult kid, it's, and, and a new son, I got a new son, right? Yeah. So it's, it's, how do we do heart to heart connection? Who is he? How do, how do I? How do I make myself as available as I can be? My wife is available as she can be, and and yet um, help them navigate. That yeah, they got stuff they got to navigate, you know. Mm -hmm. And they still call me when the car breaks. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. yeah. Beauty of parenting. My mom says it never stops. So she's only got adult kids, and she's like, you just don't ever stop parenting. Um, yeah. Changes. Yeah. But imagine it changes, and I love the stages of parenting, like you said you know, Delaney's becoming an adult. So I, watching her, my role shift as I get to be more of her friend. Yeah. 
And, and you know, we had a conversation just the other night and I said, okay, I'm giving you all of this. I'm not going to ask about your to-do list again. There you and go. Right. She's crying. She's like, I don't want it. I said, honey, you got it. You yeah. can do it. I, I'm not, not going to help you. I'm still here, but it's yours to own. And, and the transition, and it's hard for them. I think that's the other part is that's where, when there's a struggle, we want to jump in and, and rescue, but knowing no, this is this is how the bird learns to fly is they've got to take the jump. That's good. Yeah, I like that. Uh, we always ask this question, uh, and it can come in a lot of different ways. Um, uh, if I were sitting across the table from you, we're having coffee because you've already highlighted how important that is to you. Uh, uh-huh. And I've been drinking the whole time. It's earlier where you are. I'm so <laughs> thankful that we get you first thing in the morning here. But um if we're having coffee and I said, what is the thing that's burning in you right now? What's the thing you're rethinking or repenting about regarding, you know, we, we rethink God with tacos. We'll get there. But uh, the, the whole point is, is he's better than the last best thought we had about him. And what would be the, what would be the thing that you're just like, oh, this is what I got to tell you. I'm learning about, about who he is and maybe how he sees me. I, you know, I've been on this really big kick in Nehemiah. I have been just diving into Nehemiah and and the confidence in the relationship that Nehemiah had with God and when he went after to restore and rebuild. And then he gave away courage to a group of people that were fearful. And so I am I'm loving just kind of this partnership with what I'm doing with Imperfect Parenting right now is... Yeah you know, courage is courageous and it, but it's also contagious. And so I am, I'm so excited about, you know, I love Ephesians. I've been in there a lot, but just this Lord, give me the courage to be contagious for families to fight like they've never fought before. And so diving into Nehemiah for me has just been this place where I am reminded of you know, not being distracted and knowing what God has called me to and having the courage to face, you know, Sam Ballot, who is just calling you out, who's just, you know, I, I Bill Johnson did some a message on it a couple of weeks ago or a couple months ago. And he said, when Sam Ballot puts out his last letter, it's kind of like posting it on Facebook, you know, he's just letting the whole world air out what he thinks about you, calling you a, a wussy. <laughs> and I just, I love the courage because I, I think that's what families need right now. And so to be in this season with the Lord where he's, he's cheering me on and I'm, I'm finding him over and over again of Lord, you gave courage here to do your work. You gave courage here to do your work. And, and the honor I feel to be carrying this message, I, I think that's where I've been just leaning into and, um, and I'm just, I'm grateful for that because being scared and living scared is so limiting. And, and, we need it. and, and I just, I just want people to feel courageous again. Yeah, we need it too. We're our, we've never had been under such a barrage of confusion. Um, there is so much confusion and man, if you've got kids, I mean, I'm looking at my kids and thinking they're going to be raising and thinking, how can I help them? Uh, because there's so much confusion, uh, in our culture today being pushed on our kids. So it does take courage. I'm thankful. Yeah. Thank- I love that, Brittany. I love the courage yeah. aspect because it's also our responsibility to infuse cur- courage into others, you know, and you just can't give what you don't have, but encouragement is uh, a yeah. gift that we can give. And a lot of times I find that, man, if I'm able to encourage someone, even when I just am depleted and empty and, you know, lost, it actually backfires courage into me when you yeah. just take that selfless step to say, you know what, I'm going to go encourage someone else. I mean, a lot of times um, ministry happens when you you need it the most and you realize, oh, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm reaping what I'm sowing here and I want to keep sowing courage into every person that I meet. That's good. I think I saw courage. I saw the the immediate shift um, with our my son, we went to the grocery store during the pandemic and, you know, everyone's got masks on and everyone who you used to, we're in a small town. So everyone used to be really friendly and you talk and get close. But then all in this season, everyone's like, you know, 
yeah. can't even get close to each other. And, and I didn't want him to have fear because I was yeah. like, we don't live in fear. This is not what we partner with. And I remember telling him, I said, our job is to be so courageously loving, son. That's Love our that. job today. Love and that. I said, you smile as big as you can all day. And so we would smile, check each other. You know, <laughs> see it in your eyes. And and so the the what would happen is that you all of a sudden, because I carried something different, you would see them have less anxiety. Yeah, yeah. And again, it's just being courageous. And I love it. I remember that experience with him. And and then instead of feeling afraid of everything, we've now had a fun, you know adventure together that we were signing. So I, I just, this thing of courage and, and infusing it back to parents has been what's on my heart and I'm Love chasing it. it down and I'm still figuring out how to master it, but I'm excited about the journey. Love it. Absolutely. Love it. Yeah. That's great. That's and we just encourage yeah. all our listeners to, um, to grab your book uh, if, if you're listening now and, and you need courage as a parent, I think this is where you're going to find it. You're going to find some here and it's going to be helpful. So a lot of resources that you have are, are helping a lot of people, Brittany. Thank you. Yeah. We've got to talk tacos. We can't. Yep, yep. And when then we'll imperfect parenting is the title. We'll, ha, we'll she'll tell you where to find it in a second, but we got to hear a taco story because we can't get to the end of this and not. And we don't want an imperfect taco. taco story. We want your best no, no, taco no. story. This is where there is no such thing as an imperfect taco. Really, we're. Pretty, <laughs> I don't know. I think I think the skull one that your brother mentioned the other day, the deconstructed <laughs> taco. Anyway, we, we'll talk okay. about that later. Anyway. Brittany, we want your story. Make us salivate. Yeah. Uh, so I mean. I, I'm I'm still new to what the the taco story fully is, but is it just like my favorite taco I've ever sure, had? Sure, yeah, that's or what we like to hear. The your worst story that ever happened around a taco. The it worst story. Did you have that too? Yeah, yeah. I, so um, Delaney, who's the the star the star the star of all the stories lately, um, she was about seven years old, and I had made tacos. I'm uh -huh. I'm not fantastic taco maker, but I, I know how to season it with a little packet. It's great. Um, <laughs> all of a sudden I remember she's eating the taco. I have a friend over and then she starts screaming bloody murder and I can't figure out what's going on. And so I run in there and she's got orange dripping down her face. Now I think that she rubbed the taco in her face. Cause I'm right. like, what is doing this? Really? It had nothing to do with the taco except for she happened to be eating taco and there's orange juice that looks like taco. She grabbed my friend's pepper spray in her bag and sprayed her own self in the face. Oh, no. Oh, my, oh my goodness. So oh. we end up in the ER and all that. But my favorite line from everything, and so we've been scarred from tacos for her. For <laughs> uh, but when we were going to the ER, she says, what kind of mother invites a friend over that's so dangerous? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's so she didn't eat tacos oh. for a really long time because she associated uh, sure. pepper spray with the tacos sure for that now we enjoy tacos again but that's probably the worst moment ever with the taco was was her getting pepper oh my gosh she did it to herself i love that she blamed you that's the best right there huh right there that's hilarious perfect parenting taco yeah. now we could fit it all together yeah. but yeah her big take yeah exactly totally fits her big takeaway <laughs> was oh my goodness mom what is how could you do this to me <laughs> what, what kind of mother i mean when you start there it's downhill for sure oh my gosh hey I, okay so so now maybe we should have a have a, had a trigger warning before we had Brittany right. on that we would be talking right, about right. tacos i'm so sorry Brittany. um <laughs> Okay, let's do a redemptive taco story. I want to hear like a good taco experience that you've had. Yes. Um, I mean, my favorite tacos I've ever had is usually somewhere on the beach in Mexico. And um, I I think it is there's there's you just can't really complain when you have a fresh shrimp taco and then mm -hmm. you've got like the teal water of Cancun in front of oh, you. Yeah. And, um, you know, and it, and it's, it is simple. I think that's the thing that I love most is that a really great taco doesn't have to be complicated. It gets right. to be simple and then it just elevates. And so, you know, all that was on there was this beautiful, perfectly 
uh, charred corn tortilla with nice grilled shrimp and a little bit of onion and cilantro and a dash of lime. And I'm a happy girl. So and, I love and, it. And you've got the aesthetic because that we've oh, talked yeah. about that. I mean, you're literally through the palm trees of the green and guana on the tree limb. You're looking out at the ocean. And you're having a Coke with actual sugar in a glass bottle. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I like it. Jason, I, I, I'm, I'm there. I can see your happy taco place. I am. I'm there now. I can yeah. see it. I can feel it. I love it. Thank you. Breeze that kind of just gently blows through down Come there. Come on. Come on. It's it's raining and cold here. So I'm, yeah, I like that. Hey, uh, share with folks how they can find you. Um, what's the best place to connect? Yeah. Um, so loveonpurpose.com is where a lot of our, uh, stuff is our courses that I offer. Uh, you can go to imperfectparenting.co uh, for my book. Uh, it's available on Amazon. I do the audible recording so you get to listen to awesome. me again. Um, I cry my way through most of it, but it's great. I love and, that. That's um, cool. and then I have a, a podcast that's weekly with my husband. It's called Imperfect Parenting. And we talk about parenting and marriage gets thrown in there because the two of us. Um, yeah. But uh, we offer all sorts of things. Uh, best thing to do is get on our newsletter through Love on Purpose to know the fun things that we are offering at different times. And Good. it's lots of fun. We have lots of things happening all the time. Yeah. Lovingonpurpose.com, right? Yep. Yep. Awesome. And socials. Brittany Serple. I would go to the website to figure out how to spell my name because everyone seems to do that wrong. I do tell people it's like Britney Spears, but add an extra T because I'm always got more clothes on than she did. <laughs> oh, I like it. <laughs> oh, There's good, a couple directions good, good. you could go with that one and I'm not going to yeah. mention them. That's awesome. Uh, that's awesome. Wonderful. Brittany. Hey, thanks, yeah, thanks so, so much. much for being on. We really appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, really yeah, look forward to people connecting with you and, and getting encouraged. So glad you joined us on Rethinking God with Tacos. You can find me, Jason Clark, online at afamilystory.org, where I encourage you to sign up on our mailing list. We send out an email twice a month letting you know about new podcasts, articles, and new books or products that we have coming out. Plus, occasionally I'll keep you up on my schedule where I'm traveling. My Twitter handle is at Jason Clark is I'm on Instagram under the same handle and you can find me on Facebook as well. Yeah. And my name is Derek Turner, Jason, and I love that you're listening to us. Thank you for all your feedback. Please write in, let us know what's going on in your life. But, uh, we are pursuing a mission to help people rethink God. And we thank you for being a part of it. Uh, you can find me at, Pastor Derek T on all the socials. And then, of course, I pastor a church here in Charlotte, North Carolina called River Church, rivercharlotte.com. Come and join us. We'd love to have you. Hey, all of these podcasts are available on all the platforms iTunes, Spotify, Google. Yeah. Hey, make sure and like, share, and throw a review out there. Let people know. We love good reviews on the podcast that helps people find us. That's right. So if this isn't a podcast that you enjoy, <laughs> then please promote it, share it, give it a good five-star rating. I like that. That's a good idea. Hey, love doing this journey with you. Praying grace and wonder over you today. <laughs>